Miguel Santiago is the owner of the McKinley Ray Boutique and host of A Boss with No Friends podcast. In this episode, we discuss boundaries, self-care, cultural expectations, plus a sneak peek at the upcoming collection from McKinley Ray. You have a podcast called A Boss with No Friends. What inspired you to start this podcast and specifically one about all things friendship? Well, you know, I realize that as women, as we get older, sometimes our friendships, we think that they'll get easier, but they actually get harder. And I began noticing that I tended to try harder in my relationships with other women than I did even with my own husband. And I wasn't there for the friction and I wasn't there for the drama anymore. And I was losing friends. I wasn't tolerating a lot of the things that I tolerated in my 20s anymore. Mm hmm. Isn't that interesting how that happens when you start to stand up for yourself, just stop tolerating certain things, setting those boundaries, and then the people that just get removed from your life. Pretty much, exactly. And as you set the boundaries, you realize that as they fall off, sometimes it's a little bit harder for you because you're left alone. So you've set these amazing boundaries and you've decided that you will not tolerate certain things anymore, but then you're like, okay, but what the hell did I do? Because I'm now stuck right here and I'm friendless and I'm alone. You know, so it can be a double-edged sword as well. I loved your episode on narcissistic friends. Yes, that was a good one. Yes, a lot of people have messaged me about that one. That one really hit home for me because for many years, I was a magnet for people with narcissistic personality traits. Really? I'm so grateful how the universe helps me remove these people from my life, but I can remember the first time when that happened, I was so devastated because I just thought, I mean, when you're in your teens and in your 20s, you think whoever you make friends with, it's going to be forever. You think that it's going to be forever. It's one of the reasons I started the podcast is because I was realizing that it kind of wasn't. You know, like I said before, a lot of what we tolerate when we're in our teens, when we're in our 20s, as we get older, we don't have the time for that anymore. Or we realize this is work. This is not friendship. This is work. And especially when you're dealing with a narcissistic woman who thinks that every single thing is about her, it just becomes harder and harder to deal with until one of you actually breaks. Because a lot of the time, it's the narcissist that actually walks away and not you, right? But you're kind of left holding the bag going, what what did I do? Or why are we no longer friends? It's because she's gotten tired of you starting to put up boundaries and things like that. That is so true. I love that quote of the people that respond to your boundaries, like if they throw a hissy fit or something, it's because they're no longer benefiting from you not having any. Exactly. I had 20-year female relationships and these women were my best friends, but I realized that I had no boundaries and I was just doing and doing and doing and they were taking and taking and taking. But when Mm -hmm. I needed support or when I needed When I needed something back in these friendships, I wasn't getting it. When I started setting boundaries and saying, hey, no, I can't just drop what I'm doing and run over to your house. Or yeah, no, I can't go pick up the steamer from your business so that your housekeeper can have it. Well, yeah, no, I can't do that. I realized that they started taking a step back because guess what? My boundaries were there now and they didn't know how to deal with it. I realized much later It's because of my people-pleasing tendencies. It was my way of deflecting from my own low sense of self-worth. Of course, the narcissistic personality, they want all the focus on them. Everything is about them all the time. And so I was like, oh, if everybody's focusing on them, then I can continue to hide or be in the background. And that was my way of coping. 
Yeah, actually, yes. I'm a people pleaser. I've been a people pleaser my whole life. So I can totally relate to that. And you never want your friends or your family members to feel badly. So you're always going to do, even at your own expense, you will do whatever it takes to make them happy. And like you said, it comes from you know a low opinion of yourself. Sometimes it comes from low self-worth. It comes from low self-esteem. But it's something that I've been working on. I still have to work on it. It's all about setting boundaries, you know, and making sure that I'm happy in whatever decision that I make. And sometimes I realize that in order for me to be happy, I actually have to say no. Doesn't matter to who. I think it was something that you said no is the highest form of therapy. Yes, yes, it is. I found in the last two years of me actually standing my ground, if I don't want to go somewhere, because before I would literally pick up, get dressed, Instead of just saying, you know what? I don't feel like it. I don't Mm want to go. And I would be miserable. Everyone else around me would be having a great time. But all I wanted to do was curl up on the couch. I own a business. I'd had a long day and I just wanted to sit and be still. But instead, I'm, you know, I'm getting dressed up. I'm going to dinner. I'm doing, and you know, not that I don't like those things, but sometimes I just didn't want to do it. So now I'm, I've learned to say no. And I am so much happier than I've been in a long, long time. Yeah. Well, and also because if you do something that you don't really want to do, you're not present anyway. So not only are you not having fun, but you're not present. Yeah, exactly. You're just kind of going with the motions. And, you know, and the whole time you're thinking, why am I here? I have no business being here, right? Yeah. And you're just like, oh, I just can't wait to get home. And even if it is an enjoyable moment, you are not enjoying it. Exactly. And it's just not worth it. As we get older, something you said too, as we get older, we just don't have time for that. Yeah, exactly. The beautiful thing is, and this is something I had to learn in recent years, is we have the choice to change that pattern. Saying no is a choice. Yes. Saying no is an actual choice. It's a choice that we don't always make, but it's a choice that I think as we get older, especially, because here's the thing, the best thing you can do in a friendship or in any relationship is set boundaries. Mm -hmm. It's how you keep your friendships because you know what each other is willing to accept. When you're able to say no and you're able to hold that boundary, that's an act of love. It's not an act of war. It's an act of love. And a true friend will recognize that. Absolutely. And the ones that don't or the ones that throw the hissy fit or the ones that get upset at you, make it seem like you did something wrong, you don't need those people in your life anyways. Exactly. Exactly. I love what you said about the boundary. It was the best thing that you can set for relationships, any kind of relationships. Because what happens is if you don't have those boundaries we're not mind readers. So like I'm thinking, oh, Abigail should be doing this. And and why isn't she doing this and whatever? And you don't have any clue what I'm thinking. And so I'm having this resentment. It builds up. All of a sudden I hit a breaking point and I'm just like, oh, I'm done with you. And you're like, what the heck just happened? Exactly. I preach it all the time on my own podcast. You have to speak. You have to be able to communicate your boundaries, right? Because like you said, you've coasted in this friendship for so long and, you know, and you've done it out of love you know, a love for your friend, but not a love for yourself, right? When you finally wake up and you're just like, well, whoa, 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 I'm not happy. This is a one-sided friendship or this is not something I'm comfortable doing anymore. And you set that boundary without having a conversation. It's not the other party's fault when they get upset, really. It's kind of yours, right? Mm -hmm. Because you didn't set that boundary to begin with. And you didn't have that communication. So this person didn't even know that they were breaching a boundary. 
So you have to be able to communicate and you have to do it out of love and you can't come from it from a place of I'm I'm fed up or I'm pissed off. It has to be from, listen, hey, these things have been going on for this many months or this many years and I've allowed it. And you have to be honest about that. You have to say something you know, along the lines of, listen, I know that I've allowed this to happen for this amount of time. However, I've now come to realize that in doing so, I've neglected my own self-care. And I'd like to stop doing that or I'm no longer willing to do that. So going forward, these are the things that I'm willing to accept or however you want to phrase it. But it, it needs to come from a place of love. It can't come from a place of, I'm just pissed off at you and I hate you. Right. Besides, attacking someone really never goes over well anyway. We don't want to do that. Exactly. It never goes over well. (laughs) Not at all. So those of y'all listening in, if you think you may have narcissistic people in your life, I'll include the link to the episode titled How to Stand Up to Your Narcissistic Friend on Abigail's podcast in the description for this episode. I found it to be very helpful. Oh, yeah. So speaking of worthiness, your grandmother showed animosity toward your mom. And she also took a lot of that out on you. How old were you when that all started? And can you also share an example or two of what would happen and then how you internalized these experiences? My grandmother has since passed, but it started happening as long as I could remember. You know, my grandmother didn't particularly like my mother and it kind of trickled down to me. I think she was a product of her time, really, but it was something that hurt as a, as a small child of, you know, five and eight and 12 and 15, you know, as you're growing up, you realize that, you know, I have a cousin who's born four days after I am. And she was always there with a birthday gift for her, but would forget my birthday. Mm-hmm. Little things like that, showing you that you're not good enough. You're not, you're not even good enough for your own grandmother to remember your birthday. Mm-hmm. And, and those things kind of chip away at your own self-esteem and your own self-worth. And I kind of carried it with me throughout my life. And I'm just now dealing with some of the issues stemming from that. Because that's, you know, that's a, that's a little tough. Yeah. That's a little tough. Well, especially for children, we don't know as children anything about self-awareness or that kind of thing. All we know is what we see. And when you see your cousin getting a present and you're like, oh, it's my day of celebration too. And then you don't get anything. We don't realize it at the time that it's happening, but that constant messaging, how damaging it is and how long we carry it into adulthood. Exactly. You carry it and you, but and you don't really realize it either mm-hmm. until something just snaps. And you're like, whoa, because, you know, I had to ask myself, when was the first time I did not feel as though I was enough? Or when was the first time I did not feel as though I was worthy? Mm. And it took me all the way back to that. So I think it's really important, the messaging that we give to our children as they grow up. For sure. I love what you said about that. That is a really great question to ask. When did you first start feeling unworthy? What's been coming up for me lately is financial ease is a goal of mine for the near future. And what has been coming up for me is the deserving component. So it's like, I believe it's possible. I believe that I deserve it, but there's a piece that believes that I don't actually deserve it. It's tough. You know, it's tough. And I think we all go through that just a little bit, especially as women, right? We know we're taught to look a certain way, act a certain way. And when we start elevating, we wonder, you know, we're told, you know, you're doing too much sometimes. So you wonder if you're even worthy of all of the goodness that's coming into your life sometimes. It's something I struggle with even to this day. And it's something I work on daily on making sure that I remind myself that I am worth every single, every amazing thing that happens to me, no matter how big or how tiny it is, 
I'm worthy of it and I'm deserving of it. And it's worthy of celebration. That's something I'm learning too, is I will celebrate other people all day long. But when it came to me, even the little things, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Or I feel like, oh, well, that's just something I should have done. It's what you were supposed to do or why are you bragging? You know, and I found myself as I grew up, I found myself attracting friends in my life that I would, like you said, you would clap for. But then when you decided to share something about yourself, it was, you know, well, who cares that you bought that? Or who mm-hmm. cares that your business is doing well enough to do that? So you find yourself tempering your own joys and your own uh, successes because you don't want to come across as doing too much or bragging about it either. Yes. Right. Yes. You know, once you make the decision to walk away from people like that in your life, you find it easier to shout from the rooftops because listen, God wouldn't have given you these talents and he would not have paved the way for your successes if he didn't want you to share them. Because what happens when you sit in them and when you sit on them, he stops giving them to you. If you're not willing to share your talents and share his greatness, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is so powerful. And it's so true. What I've realized is it's always been there. You know, I always talk about Wizard of Oz being one of my favorite movies. And at the very end, Glenda is like, well, you've always had the power in you. You just had to see it for yourself. That's me really coming into my own. It's always been there. But then you see things in a different light. And then it's like, wow. Yes. Yes. I'm going to claim that because yes, that is mine. Yes, exactly. And we were talking about tolerating behavior and tolerating things. A lot of times we continue to do that because of learned messaging from not only our family of origin, but also our culture. Would you say that that was also your experience? As far as culture, I'm Jamaican and Jamaican women are taught to be really strong, but we are also taught that when it comes to, so while we're taught to be really strong women and be basically the backbone of our society, the only thing culturally that I would say that has hindered my relationships is that we are taught that things like family matters. Like I said before, your job is to make everyone around you feel welcome, feel good, feel, be accepted and Most people I meet will say, oh my God, I've been to Jamaica and they're the nicest people I've ever met. And it's true. It's how we are raised to be. We are raised to be loving and welcoming to a fault at times. So that's the messaging that is tough to get past, I believe. Also, what's happening in your culture and then what's happening inside of your family of origin can sometimes be two separate things. Exactly. Absolutely. And so like the world is saying, oh, this person is so amazing or, oh, y'all are so nice and friendly and lovely. And then whatever's happening in the family dynamic, it can be. Exactly. You know, and I think it goes back. So even like my grandmother, that's just how she was raised and how she was taught. And it's something that I've come to accept. But for the most part, my entire family is loving and caring and my cousins are my best friends. You know, so it's one of those things that you realize that this was a woman who kind of didn't know any better, but did it have a huge impact on me? A hundred percent. Have I had to, has it been a little hard for me to get past it every now and then? But once I realized that that's where it was coming from, I was like, oh, wow. I love what you said too about giving grace and just accepting that that's the way that she was raised. We're not saying, oh, it's your fault. That's how she was raised. She just didn't know any better. Yeah. And there's a certain amount of grace that you can extend for that. Absolutely. You know, at the end of the day, she was a loving person, not always to me, but, you know, my father is the most amazing man on the face of the earth. And it's because she loved him as fiercely as she did. 
why he can love me the same, you know? So you have to look at things in that way and say, you know what? It may not have trickled down to me, but it kind of did because my father loves me like no other, you know? So you just have to give a little bit of grace, I think, sometimes. Now in friendships, especially with other women, you have to give grace until it's time to walk away because I do believe that as we get older, when you keep giving grace, people keep taking liberties, right? And they will keep chipping away at your self-esteem. So if you've tried to set boundaries and they're being ignored, if you've tried to have the hard conversations and behavior isn't changing, you may need to make, well, you do need to make the decision to walk away because this is not your grandmother. This is not your old auntie. This is your peer. This is a woman who is now, a lot of the times, who's taking pleasure in hurting you. And narcissists, they do take pleasure in it, believe it or not, because it has to be about them. If you notice, they don't care whether the attention is good or bad. As long as it's on them, the attention is on them, they are happy, right? So if you are out with a narcissist and they're realizing, I mean, I had a friend once who, you know, she was used to being the center of attention. The minute she was not, she would make it a point to bring up something embarrassing about me or someone else that was in her vicinity to shift the attention so that the person that's getting the attention is now mocked and is now looked upon in a bad light. And she's now shining, right? Yeah. And you've got to pay attention to those things. And because it's not good for you, it's not good for your soul, it's not good for your self esteem or your self worth. Absolutely not. And as far as walking away, they're not going to be the ones to do that because they enjoy it. They ha- they get sort of like that high from bullying you or just making you shine in a negative light. Exactly. But you know, sometimes they will walk away. I found that when you, if you stand firm, you sometimes don't have to be the person to walk away. If you start holding fast to boundaries in relationships, a lot of the times when they keep trying to breach them and you're not allowing that, they'll give up and they will just leave. They will ghost you. They will disappear. Take that as a sign of victory in your... And like I said, in the beginning, you may feel lonely. You may feel as though, well, damn, I'm left without friends or this is what I'm dealing with. But you need to decide that it's okay for now because I'm a firm believer in when you release all of the negative entities in your life, all of the negative people, when you decide to walk away or when they leave... That's the only time that you'll be open for new friendships, Mm -hmm. good ones at that. It's the only time. And I think that brings up a good point because I feel like that's the way with abundance too. When you have, you're carrying all this negative energy, once you're able to release that, you make room in your headspace for positive things to happen. Exactly. Exactly. Do you have any insight as far as the low self-worth, the low self-esteem? Do you have any wisdom on sort of how to become self-aware about why you might be feeling like you're not worthy enough and how to get past that mindset? You mean overcome just not feeling worthy in any aspect of your life? Correct. For me, it's taken a lot of affirmations. It's taken a lot of reminding myself that I am worthy of everything that I've got. Reminding myself that I am a good person. The constant reminders on my you know, monitor screen right now, it says I am always enough on a sticky note. Reminding myself that no matter what it is that I am going through, I have earned the right to be in any space that I am in and I've earned the right to take up space. I love that. It's a constant reminder. I write it down every day. I look in the mirror. You know, it's it's cliche, but I look in the mirror when I brush my teeth. I'm that bitch. Mm-hmm. 
You know, I remind myself of that every single day. And if I wake up in the morning, I'm not feeling so, you know, I work on it. I work really hard to feel as though I'm worthy. And I feel as though in any situation, like you said, like you brought up abundance, you have to feel abundant. So it stands to reason that you must feel worthy and you have to practice self-care. Once you're in love with yourself, there's no stopping you. I agree. And it's so, it's kind of opposite of what we're taught. We're taught to give to people. We're taught to serve others. But if we're not pouring into ourselves and making sure that we're doing all the self-care things to fuel ourselves, making sure that our mental health is in check, that's when everything comes together. Because I feel like if you're feeling your best, that's when you can also serve other people the best. Exactly. Once you have that feeling and once you're, you can't pour from an empty cup. So if you're constantly tired and not taking care of yourself, you know, you'll allow boundaries to be broken. You'll allow because you just, you don't have the strength. But when you're feeling on top of the world and when you are feeling as though you can take on the world, there's no stopping you. Yeah. Because you've earned it. You've earned the right to stand in that room. And you wake up every morning knowing that God woke you up this morning because you are a product of his grace and his mercy. So you are going to stand in that and you're going to remind everyone around you to treat you with respect always and to honor your boundaries. Oh my gosh. I love that so much because you're right. I was that person. The hustle mentality, got to work hard, have four or five jobs. And I was burnt out all the time. So then when a boundary was crossed, I'm like, I'm too tired to deal with it. And then you just let it go. And then also the pick your battles. I'm a very pick your battles kind of girl. So, you know, I'm like, oh, it's not that bad. But then it gets to a point where it does become a problem. It's not that bad. Those add up, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right? And until you blow up and the people that you were saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. The people you were giving all these passes to, they're in shock now, right? Because they're like, okay, well, why did Estella blow up? Because it's never been an issue before. Yeah. And then they're like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with her? Exactly. Which... It's just not a good place to be. No, it's never a good place to be because now you've burnt a bridge. You've ended a friendship over something that could possibly have been salvaged. This person may not necessarily be a narcissistic bitch on purpose, right? Right. They just may be a little self-centered, but you've allowed it. Yeah. So once we stop allowing things that we are not comfortable with, our friendships last longer because a boundary is an act of love. And it comes back to what you were saying about being able to say, hey, I know that I've been tolerating this in the past, but this is what's going on now. And this is what I'm willing to do moving forward. Yeah, exactly. If they care about you, they will change their behavior. I'm a firm believer in giving people a chance. Now, the friendships that I've had to walk away from, I've tried to have those conversations, but the behavior wasn't changed. So I had to do what was right for me and walk away from those things because it just didn't make any sense to stick around. Not when you're chipping away at a little bit of my self-esteem every single day. I'm not here for that. We're all getting older. Nobody's got time for that. Plus, you're already having to work on that already. You don't need to add to your plate. Exactly. Well, you know, and I feel like as women, we work on it every day, no matter how fabulous we think we are. We are shown so much in society as to what a real woman is and how how a woman should look, how a woman should act, how she should dress, you know, and I'm in the fashion industry, you know, so you're shown all of these things every single day. So you could open up Instagram and be bombarded with things that can chip away at your self-worth. My closest friends should not be the ones to do it. Yeah. Social media does it enough for you. Exactly. Well, speaking of fashion, you're the owner of the McKinley Ray Boutique. Yes. Is there a story or inspiration behind the name of your boutique? And also, what is your vision? 
My maiden name is McKenley, and my husband's and my son's names are Reynaldo. So what I did was I changed the Ray to like a girl spelling. So it's for my it's for my family and my husband and my son. I love that. Yeah, and it's my baby. McKenley Ray was born in my car almost ten years ago. It started off as a brand called Bliss Swimwear, um, and I saw bathing suits out of my car and went into um, a brick and mortar. And it's just something I've been very passionate about. I love dressing women. I love dressing up. My mother and I, before she passed, we just loved dressing up. It was just something we did all the time. I remember being, even after I got married, I'd call her and be like, this is what I'm wearing. You know, So it's something that we've always done. I'm super passionate about it. It's something that I love more than anything. The vision for McKinley Ray is I want women of all ages, especially as we get older, to know that they don't have to worry about what they're wearing. They are able to wear anything that makes them feel comfortable. They do not have to transcribe to oh, yeah, you're 40, so you should not wear that. I am 45 years old and I will wear what I want to wear as long as I feel comfortable in it. I think comfort is the key word because if you're going to wear something, you might as well be comfortable in it. Absolutely. So, you know, like the McKinley Ray woman is comfortable. She's fabulous. She's elegant. She's daring. She is everything she wants to be at whatever age she is. That has always been my goal. And what I love about your collections is they're colorful pieces. Yes, I'm very colorful by nature. Yes, you are. Yeah, exactly. So I love the fact that every single thing that I carry is bright usually. And I love a lot of white and I like flashy. You know, I love bright colors and because it it basically is me. And like I said, you know, as the McKinley Ray doll is absolutely daring. So she wants to wear orange. She wants to wear pink. She wants to wear electric blue. I think I've done a really, really good job of attracting my target audience because that is who she is. And she's happy and she's fearless. She's everything that I've ever wanted to be and strive to be in my life. Do you have a specific piece that's your favorite? Oh my gosh. I think, you know, I obsess over every single piece that I bring into the boutique. So not really, but... I do have to say everything that is coming out for our July drop is probably my favorite, partly because it's everything that I've always wanted to carry. I've always wanted to have a line of clothing for women that you know they could wear out to work and be comfortable going to happy hour and right after and not have to change. And I think I found I finally found the happy medium. So I'm really excited about July's offering for McKinley Ray. I'm excited to see what that is too. And I know that you present the collection to your subscribers before anybody else sees it. How can people who are interested get subscribed? They can log on to www.mckinley-ray.com and just click the button to subscribe. Make sure you do the two-factor authentication though. So when you'll get an email saying, are you sure you want to subscribe? Hit yes, because you're not actually subscribed to the mailing list until you give full authorization for that. And what happens is, is that for 72 hours before it drops to the general public, you have the option of buying everything you want, sometimes at a discounted rate. So I would go ahead and hit that button. And I'll include that information in the description for this episode as well. Thank you. So as we close out this episode, I'm going to ask two last questions. Okay. What is your favorite compliment you've ever received? That I look happy. I've made some major moves in the last year and a half. And for me, it's better than you look pretty or you're gorgeous or no, it's just that you look happy. And I live in that because I've always, I've always wanted to feel happy. So it is the one thing that I love hearing. 
I have to add to that as well for as far as your June collection, the photos for that, you're glowing in those photos. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That helps with the selling factor as well, because if you look happy and you look comfortable, they're going to want to buy from you because it's like, oh, I want to look like that too. Exactly. Exactly. What is a compliment you can give yourself right now? That I can give myself. Oh, wow. I would tell myself that you're doing it. Stay the course and that I'm proud of you. I would tell Abigail that I'm proud of her. It's, you know, she's worked really long to make these strides in both personal and in business. And I'm proud of her. Well, I'm proud of you too. You are definitely killing it out there. (laughs) It's amazing. I love watching. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. My favorite thing is watching all of my circle of friends kill it in their industries, watching you all succeed. That fills my heart because it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so like, I'm everybody's biggest cheerleader. Uh, You certainly are. And we're so proud of you too. You've, I mean, your podcast is amazing and you're just blossoming. So we're so proud of you too. Thank you. It takes a lot of years to get to a place of self-acceptance, but I feel like that's where it all starts because unless you love yourself and accept yourself just as who you are, nobody else is going to do that. Yes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yay for both of us. I'm proud of both of us. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Do you have any last words of wisdom to share? Uh, No, I think we covered it all, except just remember that when setting a boundary, it's just an act of love. And, you know, you have to love yourself first before you can really and truly be present in any relationship. I really love the boundary as an act of love, because when I was first introduced to the concept of that, it sounds like you're bringing the hammer down, you know, and in a way you are, you're kind of setting a set of rules and guidelines, but it doesn't have to be mean. Exactly. It's just, this is a fact. This is how I feel. This is how I want to feel. And I'm just doing this to help myself. And if you come from a place of, I love you, I respect you. I love the relationship we have. If you come from that place and that you want to continue in this relationship and you want to grow the relationship because you love this person, you love this friend so much, you can't go wrong. If you're comfortable in knowing that you've respected your friend or you've respected your family member or your significant other in setting these boundaries or as you set these boundaries and they can't adhere to them, then they're not coming from that same place and you do need to walk away. Yeah. At that point, that's not on you. Yeah. Well, thank you for spending time with me on my podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. It was nice just to speak candidly about the kind of the things we go through as women, especially when it comes to our relationships. So I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for tuning in. I would love to know what your favorite part of this episode was. Tag me at Finding Strength of Heart on Instagram or Facebook. Or you can email me at findingstrengthofheart at gmail.com. Until next time, take good care of you, and we'll chat soon.